Hi, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about some deep stuff. I'm here to tell you that you're amazing. And often, the only person who can't see that is you. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you're from, there's greatness in you. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj, life, business, and relationship coach, and welcome to the Transformation Starts Today podcast, where I interview leaders, champions, and high performers from all walks of life as they share their story, the lessons they've learned along the way, and empowering perspectives to help you create an extraordinary life without regret starting today. Today, we're in for a real treat. We have a truly inspiring and loving man with an incredible heart of service, the wizard of wow, Mr. Paul Dunn. Paul is a four-time TEDx speaker. He's a senior fellow in one of the world's leading think tanks and consults to and mentors leading edge businesses around the world. He was honored as a social innovation fellow in his new home of Singapore, something he shares with film star and philanthropist Jet Li and former Walmart chairman, Rob Walton. He was one of the first 10 people in Hewlett Packard in Australia. He then created one of Australia's first computer companies and then the Results Corporation, where he helped develop and grow 23,000 small and medium scale business enterprises. His programs are used by an estimated 226,000 companies around the world, and he continues to push the boundaries. He's featured in Forbes magazine alongside Sir Richard Branson in a global piece on disruptors in business. He's the co-founder of B1G1, Business for Good, the history-making global giving initiative that's already enabled businesses to create over 200 290 million giving impacts globally. Paul, it is such an honor to have you with us. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. It's, uh, you said it's an honor. It's an absolute privilege for me to be with you. And, and, and thank you so much for inviting me. And those of you who are joining us now, thank you for being here too. Absolutely. I know that you are, you're, you're coming to us live from Singapore. So it, morning for me, evening for you. Thank you for taking the time. How are you? Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the future. That's right. Yeah. Compared to- <laughs> <laughs> and so for my listeners who don't know you, Paul, and they haven't heard your story, I found that each of us is the hero of our own story. You know, we've experienced challenges, setbacks, adversities that we've overcome, lessons we've learned along the way to get us to where we are now. And if you please share with us, what is your hero story? Oh, it's very interesting that you, you asked me for the hero story, because um, when I look at my story, I, I see it as I was the lucky one. I really do. Um, and, you know, you mentioned several of those incidences right now. But as as I go through this, I, I think um, it's important to say this, that someone once said to me that, where we're at right now, and and you have a focus on now, which is so cool, where we are at right now is really uh, a result of all of the moments, the the reactions we've had to the moments that we've created up until now in in our life. And of course, um, you know, as I said before, I've been lucky. I mean, you you mentioned, for example, you know, Hewlett-Packard. I mean, how, how lucky is it to get plucked from your birthplace in England and get uh, shipped across, well, actually it was flown across, uh, to Australia to be one of the first 10 in Hewlett-Packard 
in Australia and, and you know, to be having breakfast literally with Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard and, I mean, you know, incredible uh, series of uh, moments and then uh, to go on from then there and, oh, I, I, don't, I don't think I told you this. I found out, I'm not sure whether this is a blessing or not, but I found out the other day that I'm actually in the Australian Computer Museum, would you believe? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> in a museum for starting one of Australia's first computer companies and then, you know, from there on in, uh, so many uh, amazing moments, each of which for me is like a like a teaching moment, shall I say. It's a, you know, to put it in terms of, of, of where you're at, it is a you know the transformative moment. For example, if you think about uh, B1G1, you know here I was uh, in 2006, uh, and at that point, if you'd have asked me what's the secret of entrepreneurship, and a lot of people did that <laughs> up until then, I would say, uh, well, there are two things. There are only two things. One of them is to deliver extraordinary value to the people that you're privileged to serve. And the second thing I would have said at that point is, it, and it is to have fun doing that. that. That was it. And then that's how I thought until I had this moment in 2006 where I was in Bangalore in India and I met this uh, guy outside of, uh, someone introduced me to him uh, and said, you know, would you, would you like to go to dinner with this guy? And I said, sure. And um I can't believe I said this. That uh, so this guy turns up and I say hi. I'm Paul Dunn, and he says, "Oh, my name is Pastor Silva," and I I still can't believe I said this, uh, but I know I did because it was videoed. <laughs> and I said, "Is that Pastor as in P A S T O R or Pastor as in P A S T A?" I cannot believe <laughs> I said that, <laughs> but but I did. Anyway, it turned out that that was one of those uh, amazing transformative moments. And let me tell you what I discovered. Um, so as we began our conversation, uh, you know, I said, so, you know, tell me more about you. And he said, well, I was uh, uh, until uh, quite recently, in fact, until about 18 months ago, I was uh, I was serving a community. My church had asked me, he said, to form a particular community four years ago off uh, a little island off India. And uh, he said it was beautiful. We had, you know, everything you think about, about beautiful churches, you know, like white picket fences and all of those sorts of things. And then he said 18 months ago, now this was in April 2007, actually. So if you think about, I said 18 months ago, I'm not sure whether that connects, but let me see if I can make it connect. So he said it was a Sunday. And he said, there we were in this tiny little church, and there were 12 kids in uh, in Sunday school. And he said, then I heard this sound unlike any sound I'd ever heard before. And the kids were disturbed, and I said, it's going to be okay. And I, he said, I opened the door of the, of the church and we looked out. And there, three kilometers away, a couple of miles away, I saw the biggest wall of water that I had ever seen in my life clearly going to engulf us. And obviously what dawned on me at that point that we were talking about was the 2004 tsunami. And I said, oh, my God, what did, what did you do? And, and he said, well, I told the kids to all join hands and play a game. And the name of the game is let's run to the to the high ground. And he said, we ran to the high ground and we stood there, six kids either side. 
And we watched as the church was just crumbled and washed away. And we watched as their parents were washed away as well. And Sarah said, you know, I, I can't remember what I said. I mean, how could you remember what you said? You know, when you, you're thinking about that. But I guess at some point I, I, I said, well, what, what happened then? And he said, well, we've spent the last 18 months. It took us about four weeks to get off the island. And we've spent the last 18 months looking for a place, a place where we can be, where the kids can go to school and so on. And he said, Four weeks ago, your friend Alex, the guy who arranges me, your friend Alex helped us find that. And I said, oh, so uh, uh, tell me about that. He said, well, now that we've got the place, uh, we now need other things. He said, we now need to feed the children. We need to get them school books. We need to get them to go to school. We need all of that. And I said, oh, so if you figured out how much that would cost, and he said, yes, two and a half thousand dollars. And I said, that, that, that's like four per child, right? And, and he said, no, 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 no. He said, that, that's like for all 13 of us. And had you been there, or indeed had anybody listening to us been there, you would have done exactly what I did at that particular moment. And you would have said, oh, it's fixed, even though you didn't know how to fix it, right? So it did get fixed. And then uh, four weeks later, I got this incredible email from him and he'd gone down to an internet cafe and he got online and, he, and the day before that, he borrowed a camera from the, the guy in the internet cafe. And so here's this, email, here's this email with these four JPEG files attached. And the first JPEG file, Jamal, is, is a, a long distance shot of this tiny little, little place, right, where they're, where they're saying. The second shot is a shot inside the one room that they have, and they're all in a circle, and he said, see, the kids have food. And then there's the same shot, slightly rearranged kids, uh, and he said, see, they, they're doing their homework. They're all good and everything else. And then the fourth shot was the moment that, you know, one of those moments I was referring to, and it was the a close-up of the outside of the of, of this home and what they'd done across the top of it they'd gotten some 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 uh, white cardboard or some paint and across the top of this thing they had written in great big letters paul dunn home <laughs> that's the moment where you go oh my god and and then as a result of that, you start to see things very differently. I think that's that's part of the whole transformation thing that you know you really do start to see it. And you know, there's this thing I'm sure you you talk about it. This thing called the reticular activation system, right? Which for those of you who don't know what it is, consider this: it's when you you buy a new car or something like that, and and you're driving down the road and you think you're the only person in the world who owns that car or a car like that, and all of a sudden, you know, every other car coming towards you is the same car, right? It's the same thing. And in exactly the same way, that got me connected with, with people who, you know, who do make a difference uh, in our world. And then as a result of that, uh, then I had the, 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 let's call it the B1G1 experience, where B1G1 was uh, was formed. Uh, and that's a whole nother story. But what, what, I, what I think is really important is, uh, and by the way, I mean, what was the big learning in that? The big learning in that was we're all at our best when we're giving. 
That's the big learning. You know, it's like when we help someone across the road, right? What happens? We smile, they smile, we both get it, right? And we both feel better, right? And and that better is, you know, is transforming in all sorts of ways. I mean, all too often, uh, we, and I, when I say we, I mean we guys, if you will. Uh, I'm not sure whether in New York, where you are right now, people use uh, this phrase, but, you know, when guys aren't feeling that good about something, you know, what, what, what in this part of the world, we say what they do is they go into their cave. Do you, is that a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we're not going to connect with anybody, right? Uh, we're not going to let anybody in the cave. We're not going to get out of the cave, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And and the, the problem with that, I think, is that, and I'm not a, you know, a head shrinker or whatever, but, but it just occurs to me that when we're there, there's something very interesting going on. And what's going on is that we're thinking about ourselves. That's what we're thinking about, right? Mm. And when we, when we, instead of instead of looking inside, I think that we perhaps can look outside, because when we start to look outside, we see things in a totally different way. And we go, oh my gosh, I can I can have an impact on that. Oh my gosh, look at that, I can do something about that. And as a result, our lives transform and they transform when we start thinking about the, the way we can serve others instead of the way we can serve ourselves i think father it was thank you so much for sharing those stories i uh didn't expect that that tsunami story that was powerful and just seeing <laughs> there's so much that comes from that i took a i took a bunch of notes here that i'd love to go back and forth with you on a, a few of these as you sure. know first thing was you started by saying I consider myself, you know, one of the lucky ones. And the thing yeah. that came to mind when you said that, I often tell my clients and you know, people when I give a talk, let's say somewhere, every single day, 150,000 people don't wake up. And if you That's were listening it. to this right now, you weren't one of them. And yeah. so from that perspective, there's a future that you would love to experience, regardless of how your present moment is going. There's a future that you would love to experience that you would consider maybe that dream life the fact that you woke up today means that's still possible for you. It means you can that's make it. new decisions today to make that real. You can get closer than you were yesterday. And from that perspective, my invitation for everyone listening, what if you started to notice that you're one of the lucky ones too? Oh, oh, oh that's it. <laughs> As a friend of mine says, that there's gold in that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so many of us, we walk around living our life thinking, you know, I'm not a lucky person. And you're focusing on all the things you don't have, all the things yeah. that are missing, but you're, you're, you're leaving out, you're omitting all the stuff you do have. You're leaving out the fact that you woke up today. I find that so many of us, we live our life from this perspective that something out of the ordinary has to happen in order for <laughs> us to feel happy and joyful and fulfilled. When the truth of the matter is, from my perspective, there are no ordinary moments. Every moment is yeah. extraordinary. Every moment. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Yeah. Isn't it just? It is. Yes. It's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'll tell you what I did. I did. Uh, 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 some people listen. Don't do this if you're driving a car and listening to us now. But um, some people might want to grab a calculator. Um, and the reason is that if I go back to November last year, I was celebrating a particular birthday it was not a particularly interesting number like 50 or anything like that but it was a 
it was a number. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, well, hang on, what why why do we celebrate every year? Why wouldn't we celebrate every day? Yes. And my my son, who uh he's uh he codes and and all of that kind of stuff. So I sent him Kai. I said, Kai, I wonder if you could write me an app. Just write me a little app. And the the app would uh, calculate how many days old I am. And you know, he's 17. So I have to, you know, you you know uh every four years there's a leap year except the year 2000. You know, and you can sort of calculate that out. And uh then then someone said, you know what, there's probably an app for that. And so I looked it up, and there is, there is, there's an app for that. I think it's built for people trying to give up things. Uh, it's called Days Since. So I'm now happy to tell you that I am 28,673 days, 13 hours, 19 minutes, and 19 seconds old. There you go. <laughs> so I can, I can celebrate that. So all the people driving now, please don't do it. I said again, 28,673. So you're probably dividing that by 365 and figuring out how many leap years are in there. And you're going, oh, my God, is he really that old? <laughs> and with that in mind, you know, oftentimes, if we shift the perspective to yeah. rather than uh, I woke up today, entertain me, you know, talking to life. <laughs> now it's yeah, 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 yeah. today. And how many days do I have left? And the answer to that is the same for all of us. I don't know. And when we yeah. realize that all I know is I'm here now, but I don't know how many days I have left, then what are you going to do with this day that you have now? And so you said something about we're all at our best when we're giving. And I think that for so many people, the reason why they don't feel that they're at their best is because the greatest thing each of us can give this world is ourself. And exactly. if you're not giving yourself, meaning you're not doing what you believe you're meant to be doing, you don't feel yeah. you're making a meaningful yeah, exactly. difference that is yours to make, then you feel yeah. like almost like, what's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When, and, and I'm glad you picked up on that. When when I said, you know, we're all at our best when we're giving, I, when we're giving, I didn't mean necessarily, you know, giving money or giving any of that, but when we're giving of ourselves, right? And 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 I love the way you uh, you framed that. Yeah, really cool. Thank you. And it's something that comes to mind is this idea of, I often tell myself and I tell others, give what you most want to receive and when you do that, <laughs> how cool is that? That's very cool. So give what you most want to receive and you show yourself that you already have it because you can't give what you don't have. And so you want, if you want others to give themselves to you, give yourselves to them. If you know you want more money, well, give it. Like it, it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds like, well, why would I give and then I have less? But think of it like energy, it's currency, like revenue yeah. is Latin. It comes from revenire, which means the return flow. Return so flow. The idea that in order for the flow to return to me, it must first go out of me. It has to yeah. be that cyclical nature in and out. What comes to you is what goes out of you. It goes back and forth. But if we kind of dam it up and we try to hold on, life doesn't flow that way. It doesn't work. Nobody wants to be taken from, you know, it's like you give, I give, I receive, we go back and forth. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. So you, so you mentioned, you know, B1G1 and I'd love if you could expand on that. And for our listeners, what is B1G1 and what is the mission of that organization? Well, B1G1, thank you for asking that. B1G1 
comes from, again, you know, a moment. And here I was mentoring this amazing woman. Her name is Masami, Masami Sato. And she had this tiny little business and I was mentoring her. And, 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 and Jamil, you know what mentoring is all about, right? Because the mentor essentially gets to ask the questions and the mentee, is that the right word? Gets to yeah. kind of respond to the questions. And so we're in this meeting and Masami, when she came into the room, she it was clear, very clear, that she had, quote unquote, been somewhere. And by that, I don't mean she'd been out on the town. I mean, she had been, you know, deeply thinking about things. And she said in a lovely Japanese accent, is it okay if we if we change what we do today? And I said, sure, what do you have in mind? And she said, well, I would like to begin by asking you a question. I said, oh, that's fine, that's really cool. So she said, well, it's, it's not so much a direct question, it's, it's like a what if. And imagine this all being said with this lovely Japanese accent and this beautiful kind of calmness, right? And uh, so she says, what if? I said, well, no. And she said, what would it be like, what would our world be like if every time business was transacted in some way, something great happened in our world as a result of that? And I said, oh, Masami, that sounds really, really cool. Uh, that, in fact, I said, some, some people listening to us now may understand what I'm about to say. And that is that when she said that, I was like this, um, an Aussie bloke. Uh, I hope that translates. An Aussie bloke would get very excited by that news and they would go, oh, my God, that's amazing. You know, that's, that's the way an Aussie bloke would say it. And so I said that and and uh, like that. And, and she was smart enough to know that, you know, I, I didn't really get it. So uh, she said, I, I don't actually think you, you get it yet. And I said, oh, help me get that. And so she said, well, in my mind right now, she said, I've called this thing buy one, give one. It's no longer called that. It's called be one, dream one. But it started with this idea. And I said, well, how would that work? And she said, well, here's the way I've thought about it. And I'll, I'll Americanize this for you, if you like. She <laughs> said, well, imagine you go to Best Buy. She didn't say Best Buy. She said the equivalent of that, the Australian equivalent. Uh, and, and, and you bought a plasma TV. And, and I said, wait, 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 wait. Just wait one minute. What did you say? It was called buy one, give one. I said, Ms. Lummy, that's not going to work. That's not a business. I mean, you know, if I go and buy a plasma TV, they're not going to give me another one. That's not a great business model. <laughs> and she said, oh, no. She said, you do misunderstand. I said, well, help me. She said, well, let's think about why you go get that TV. Right? You get it because you believe that you want better vision, you want sharper vision, you want brighter vision in your TV and all that kind of stuff. So she said, how would it be if when you did that, when you bought that TV with someone who could not see, got the gift of sight when that happened? And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> it was like this oh moment. And she could, you know, she could feel and see that oh moment. And I'm surrounded as I am right now by books. And she said, or imagine you know someone an author sells a book somewhere and every time that that happens or someone buys a book imagine a tree getting planted automatically and i also had a cup of coffee at the time and she said or imagine you know someone getting a cup of coffee or selling and every time that happened 
a child in need got access to pure life-saving water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how you listening to us now are feeling about that, but I can tell you how I felt. It was like, oh, my God, that would be amazing. And what I said to her was, Masami, can I be your mentor for the rest of your life? <laughs> and and she was uh, she was smart enough to say not yet, <laughs> <laughs> but and of course she had some more work to do on me, if you, if you will. And uh, 24 hours later, she actually she actually said yes. Uh, she produced a brilliant video just for me, um, which was you know the ideas in her head. And and I remember watching this video and just you know the tears were just flowing down my down my face and she said now you get it and so asked me the question again and so that became the start of of what is now b1g1 and um you mentioned earlier on and, and by the way i think it's important for everybody to get this you know when you when you think of of, of that thing i just think of it for a minute and it's not easy to do by the way but just but just think of it and at the time, what you're thinking of is the, is the tiny little things like transactions and stuff. And yet here we, and you think to yourself, well, how could that make a difference? Answer the question. Here we are today, as you mentioned earlier on, with over 290 million giving impacts just as a result of that simple thought. And as you know, uh, for example, just by you and I talking, on, just consider this. As by you and I talking on Zoom, I know you do lots of things with B1G1, which is great. One of the things that I do and lots of other people do is uh, when, for example, we're talking on Zoom, one of the things I do is I make sure that kids get 11 days of access to game-changing education every time we're on Zoom. And I don't have to keep count of that. It all happens automatically because we can link it in with apps and so on. And so... Uh, I get to be a, a part of that and and feel that um, <laughs> every day. I, I, I had my annual checkup today, you know, and uh, the doc said, have you got any issues? And I said, well, I'm not sure I call them issues, but one of the things I do have is difficulty sleeping. And and he, he said, well, what, what, tell me about your sleep cycle. And I said, well, the problem I have is I can't wait to get up for the day. Good problem now. If that makes sense, right? So Because uh, there's so much to do and so much to enjoy and so much to be curious about. And it's that curiosity, I think, that... Um, that that drives us as well. What is it that that we can do? What is it that would so surprise us that we go, oh my God, that's that that's 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 possible, you know? And in fact, it's very interesting about transformation. Um, I was uh, what was it? I was reading. I was reading something literally um, a, a couple of hours ago. I I forget where it was um, because I, I read so many little things. And it reminded me of this discussion I had with a client of mine who, until we had that discussion, he described himself as somebody who was an, a SaaS business, as in software as a service, right? The software as a service business. And his name is Tristram. And for some reason, 
I started thinking about software as a service business and what he does, and he works with companies and literally transforms what those companies do. And I said, Tristan, you ever thought of a word beginning with T that might describe what you do? And he said, oh, let me think about it. And I said, well, let me make it easy for you. What about transformation as a service? And, and, and he now has this business, which he literally describes mm -hmm. as transformation as a service. And what's really interesting, what's really interesting to me is he said, the moment I shared that with our team members, and this is something we all can do, right? The moment I shared that with my team members, it just changed the way they started to think about what it is we do. And as a result, they have more meaning in, in, in what they're doing, even though they're coding and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so this whole thing about transformation is very, very important. Yeah. And as it relates to V1G1, something that I want the listeners to know, because you sparked it, you sparked this idea that um, when you were sharing your story, you were in India and the guy said, oh, it's, in, you know, I think he said two, around $2,000. And you said, oh, is that per, per child? And he said, no, that's for the whole thing. And when you and I first met, I shared with you one of the things that just amazed me most about B1G1 is how far that our money can go to do good in the world. And I think that so often, you mentioned the reticular, the reticulating activating system, reticular activating system, there we go, <laughs> earlier. Yeah. And this idea that out of sight, out of mind, if something is not in our, in our perspective, let's say relevant for us in our life day to day, our brain almost blocks it out because there's too much to blocks take it out. Yeah. So like you said, yeah. you know, you, you get the new car. Now that car is relevant for you. And then you start noticing it everywhere. <laughs> it was always exactly. there, but you didn't see it. And in that same kind of way, there are people all around the world that are needing help. And the thing is, depending on how we live our life and the day to day, if it's out of sight, out of mind, we don't think about it. And yet an organization like this shows us wow, look what you can contribute to. And like you said, when you tie it into the things that you're doing in your day-to-day -day life, the impact that you can have is truly extraordinary. Last time we spoke, you had mentioned this idea of the big lie. And I'd love it if you can expand on that for us. Oh, yes, the big lie. It's a friend of mine in the United Kingdom who actually yesterday celebrated his 1,000th giving in, in, in B1G1. Mm. Uh, his name is, yeah, his name is Steve. And he, like you, is, is aware of the tiny things, you know, that you can do. I mean, you can give from one cent. And you're right. The reticular activation system says, well, when you're giving, aren't you supposed to be successful? You know, <laughs> the answer is no. It's, what, what is, you know, this is part of the journey. It's not, it's not you know, when you make it, right? So in, uh, in any event, uh, the, um, uh, this, uh, this friend of mine, Steve, uh, with the thousand givings, um, he he has this uh, this thing that uh, that he does, which is again, it's so so different from me. He celebrates. Uh, in fact, yesterday because it was his thousandth giving, and uh, he figured that there have been seventy three thousand days that he had been a part of B one G one. So he started doing seventy three thousand uh, days of water, seventy three thousand days of education, all of this kind of stuff, just to celebrate that uh, that whole uh, that whole thing so yeah b1g1 opens up um you know a whole new way of uh, of of doing things it really does and uh, to get to the question that that you asked 
How would I describe that? Ask me the question again. Ask me the question yeah. again. So this idea, since we're talking about, you know, out of sight, out of mind, or the idea yeah. of oh. when I'm successful, I'll do it. This that idea, idea the, yeah. the big lie that most of us buy. Yeah, that's right. So so Steve, exactly. So but that's why I went to Steve, because Steve has this thing where he say he calls it, he literally calls it out when he's you know doing things because people say to him, well, you know, I'll I'll do it tomorrow. And and he literally says to them, Well, you realize that's the big lie, don't you? Because whenever we say we'll do it tomorrow, we actually tend not to. And you and I talked about that. And that's why, you know, the whole thing, I mean, the most important three letters in, in what you do, right in the end, now, right? Now. That is, and when you think about now, right, that's the only moment there is. Yeah. Right now. Okay. And it's in that moment, not tomorrow's moment, but in this moment that the opportunity lies for you to do things. In fact, in relation to opportunity, uh, let me let me have everybody joining us now thinking about something really cool. Um, let us think about, I, I bet when I said something really cool, you're not talking about termites, right? But I just want you to think about termites for a minute. Termites are really cool. For a start, they've been around for much longer than we have. And they know how to build these, you know, incredible things. And they know how to put air conditioning in it and all of that sort of stuff. And there's a lady whose name is Tamsin Woolley Barker. And she's written a book called Teeming, which looks at how do these organisms like, like, like uh, termites and bees and ants and things, how do they do all of these things? And she was interviewed recently and, and when she was talking about this, and by the way, she's now the number one kind of change agent in, in Silicon Valley because everybody said, actually, we can learn from termites, which is pretty interesting. Anyway, she said this. She said, and, and I think this is, is really cool for, for all of us to get. She says that nature doesn't solve for problems. Nature always solves for potential. And when you when you think about it that way, you go a little deeper than, oh, what's the problem? Oh, okay, well, I've got a solution, you know, here's what it is, and so on and so forth. Because you're always looking at something or somebody, or indeed yourself, in terms of the potential in that moment. Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking about it that way, you realize, oh my God, you know, there is, as you said. Uh, earlier on, you know, we are one of the lucky ones that actually woke up today. Wow! And what potential is there in that? In that you know, awesome potential, right? Yeah, something that I often share is this idea that I ask people, you know, look outside your window, and I want you <laughs> to, you know, let's say point to the car, and you point to the car, point to the road, the street, the cloud. You can do all that. Now I say. Point to the future. <laughs> and now you notice that you might point in front of you, you might point to the right, wherever you might point, but it's arbitrary because someone else is going to point somewhere else. And then you say, point yeah. to the past. And we can't do that either. And the reason is because the past and the future don't exist. The past yeah, and the exactly. future are concepts. The past only exists in memory, and the future only exists in imagination. We only have this moment, we only have right now. And that's why this idea of like the big lie resonates with me, because when people say, I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow doesn't exist. You have never lived in tomorrow. You've only there lived you in go. today. 
And so when we come from this, this, this podcast is called Transformation Starts Today. And the reason is this idea that I have found most people's favorite day to change their life is tomorrow. And that's why they stay stuck. <laughs> but the people that I choose to work with and the people that you, such as yourself and that you know, and the people that are making the biggest impacts in the world, they choose to make today the day that they start. You start however small that you can, but you start because when you say, I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow becomes today. And then you say it again, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it never ends up happening. And so people you lock it in right as now. the pattern. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's so the pattern. Right? There are people listening now that there is a, you know, an exercise routine or a dietary routine or some type of thing that you've wanted to start. You want to, I'll, I'll manage my money differently, or I'll, I'll donate tomorrow to that charity or whatever it was. And you don't end up doing it. And days, weeks, months, even years or more go by. And then you think back and you say, oh, wow, I've, you know, where did the time go? Or I would have loved to have started that. And we come up with these justifications to put it off and to not do it now. But your life only changes when you change. And so if the input stays the same, the output's going to always stay the same. Like I said earlier, you know, give what you most want to receive. If you want friendship, be a friend. If you want love, give love. Like do it now. Don't wait and say one day somebody will be my friend. Start being a friend to everybody. One day I'll manage my money better. No, no, start managing no. what you have now. There's that expression, if you won't give, let's say, a dime out of a dollar, what makes you think you're going to give 100000 out of a million? Like, start now, build the habit. <laughs> That's what's going to make the shift in your life. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's so cool. And you know, people like, uh, for example, James Clear, you know, in Atomic Habits, he talks all about those things, right? And, and exactly uh, what, what you're suggesting, it's, in, it's incredibly powerful incredibly powerful now along that same kind of you know line of thinking in one of your ted talks that i got to watch you say it's always the little things that make such a profound oh, difference always. especially the always. things that you do habitually can you speak to that yeah yeah it is uh for example um i i was uh, as i said i was the, the checking get, getting checked out today which is that was not a checkup from the neck up, by the way. That was sort of a checkup from the neck down, if you will. And, and the doc who I was meeting for the first time, he said, "Okay, so, um, so, so you know, tell me, tell me what you do." And I said, uh, "Well, I run every day." And and he, he's like, "What?" And I said, "Yeah, uh, <laughs> I run every day." So why are you coming to see me? He said, and I said, because I actually measure my time and I'm concerned that my time is getting a little slower. And I, you know, I'm not so not so keen on that. So I just want to keep getting faster if I can. Um, but the the most interesting thing was he like looked at me and said, You 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 do that? Like, <laughs> like, like you do that every day, yes. Why? Because it's a it's a ritual. It's it, it's something that I know I feel better about doing. It makes me smile. It makes me think. I I see things. I, I'm very fortunate that on my run in Singapore, uh, I run past horses. I run past monkeys. And it's like it's like it is so 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 amazing. Um, and it's an opportunity. Well, it's kind of like an opportunity, isn't it? To, to, as you said before. You know, to just sort of suck it all in and go, yeah, sure. <laughs> look at this. It's it's amazing. Right? The, the, we can we we get the privilege of experiencing this. 
And then, you know, you get home and you and and you know you have a shower and every literally every time in the shower, I I, I go, wow, I got a hot shower. <laughs> and, you know, how many people don't don't have that? You know, well, one of the uh, one of the guys who was credited correctly credited with the uh, the formation of the global goals, sometimes called the sustainable development goals, a guy called Paul Pullman, uh, who we're very fortunate in v one want to have as an advisor. And he points out the way he puts what you said, by the way, is he said we're one of the lucky two percent. You know, because we were born in a place where there was food, where there was water, there was, you know, there was all that kind of stuff, right? And, and you know, we had nourishment, we had all of those sorts of things. And he points out that we're there's only 2% of, of us get, get to do that, right? And so it's like, it's like, wow, you know, when you and I, as you and I are talking right now, and, you know, I, I don't want to, how should I say, the, the purpose of me saying this is not to create issues it's to think about potential really and you know there are as we're talking right now 780 million is the latest uh, uh, the, 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 the latest estimate of people that do not have access to water every day just think about that for a minute yeah <laughs> they, they don't and what's really cool <laughs> this is what's really cool you and I can change that and <laughs> we can change that literally today. Right. literally now, right, this moment, we really can. Yes, something that's just so beautiful about that. There's an old quote that it goes something like, uh, first you create your habits and then your habits create you. Oh, and, yes, that's a goodie. Right? Right. And that so the good. idea that it, it's the little things that you do every day that add up to the big things. And oftentimes we think we only want to do the big things. So we wait because we think we can't do the big thing yet because we're not you know, good enough or whatever story we tell ourselves. But the, there is no such thing as the big thing. There's only a lot of small things that when taken together <laughs> is a big thing. And so that's why starting now is so valuable. You know, something I often, anyone who knows me or works with me who's listening, whether it's a message I'm sending a friend or a client or an email or a text I'm responding to a friend, I always end my messages the same way. And I always say- I know how you do it, because I've got one from you. I know exactly how <laughs> yeah. you do it. I say, create a meaningful day, you know, all my love, Jamil. All my love. Now, when, I, when somebody had asked me in the past, because I, I told them from a bigger perspective, create a meaningful life, because I didn't know if I'd see them again. And they told me, how do I do that? And I told them, well, you create a meaningful life by creating a meaningful day. And you create a meaningful day by creating a meaningful moment right now. Exactly. And a meaningful moment is a moment that moves you in the direction that you want to go in. So it's meaningful for you. So notice that if you just create a meaningful moment now and now and now, then at the end of that day, when you go to sleep, your head hits the pillow, you feel like, wow, what a day. And then you have a string of those and now you have a meaningful life. And the thing is, if you set out to make a meaningful life, it's overwhelming. But if you just make a meaningful moment, the life takes care of itself. You and in that same it. kind of way, what habit would you like to create? Or, or rather, what result would you like to create? And then what's the habit? And just focus on that. Win the moment, win the day, the, 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 the month, the week, the year, whatever, the life. It takes take, care take of care. itself. And you know the most interesting thing that you, that you or there's so many interesting things about that, 
but one of the things you talked about the power of small and and you know i i uh, I, I work a lot with words and how they 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 mean things to us. And for example, um, I, I you know I do exactly. Funnily enough, I use one of the phrases that you use um, because typically, if we see someone, we say things like "Have a nice day." That's quite different than create a meaningful day, right? Or even create. A nice day, you see. So, so, so the, the the have is is like the thing. What was it? James Rohn who said, I think it was James Rohn uh, said, having is first to becoming. Yes. And uh, you know, it, it, it's that whole thing that it's it's up to us to create. It's not for us to wait around and say, oh, something great happened to me. No, we actually created that moment. Yes, and I love that you pointed that out because, from my perspective, having is more passive. And if I were to say yeah, to, it is, it is, it is. If I were to say to somebody, you know, create a meaningful day, and let's say it's the morning, and I say that to them, if they really sit with that and they don't just let it just in one ear out the other, they might pause because maybe no one's ever said that to them. And then now they'll say, I can do that. And then yeah. they'll think about that and they'll start making decisions that are, and then at the end of the day, they go, Wow, like what have I been doing all my life? <laughs> like I, I can live <laughs> intentionally, I can live deliberately, I can do this. Yeah, as you know, some of the things uh, that I say, I, I say, you know, I have a, a whole collection of them as well. And one of them is uh, that people frequently say, oh, my goodness, I really appreciated that. Was, you know, I might say create an outstanding week or create an outstanding day or something like that. But the thing that I like saying most of all is keep on creating impacts that amaze you. Right. Oh yeah, and and that get that get that gets people focusing on they're creating impacts, right? Impacts. You know the way that you show up in a room without you even saying saying anything, right? Is is an impact. So you know show up differently. Just see just see what happens. You know just smile at someone and see what happens. You know the likelihood is they'll smile back. Uh, just you know help that little old classic little old lady across the road and just see not how she feels but see how you feel mm. when you do that. Do, do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah yeah yeah. And 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 the beauty of all of that is that it actually starts. Guess what? It starts with you, right? And it starts with you now, today. <laughs> it, yeah, it reminds me of the the quote, like, you know, the Jesus Gandhi quote, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And this yeah. idea of, I said earlier, you know, the greatest gift that each of us can give the world is ourself, like our, our true self. And so when you say create impacts that amaze you, so notice it amazes you for a reason. There's There's something about the way that you can impact that really resonates with you. For some people, it's, you know, it's, it's like, like you said, giving water, giving housing, giving food. For somebody else, it's giving, you know, glasses and eyesight. And for somebody else, it's building yeah. homes for people. But whatever it is, there's a way of contributing that really speaks to your spirit. And I like to believe that if something excites you, it excites you for a reason. Because it doesn't excite somebody else. And so maybe that's your job here. That's for you to do. And, that's, and whatever their excitement is, that's what they're going to do. So if all everybody did, in Paul's words, is continue to create impacts that amaze you 
what a world we'd live in if everyone just did that. <laughs> well, I, 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 there's something else I do. Uh, can I can I share something else I do, which is yeah. it's really kind of interesting. Uh, so today, as I told you, I was uh, the, the, the doctors, and we're very fortunate here in Singapore that we have uh, an incredible uh, public transport system. I mean, it's just incredible. Right outside where I live, you know, I, I only ever have to wait 30 seconds for a bus to go somewhere. I mean, it's, it's wow. just amazing. But one of the things I do, whether it's a taxi driver or a cab driver, or whether it's a bus driver, let's take the bus driver as a for example, we typically will get on at the front of the bus and we'll have a little, uh, like a little card, which goes bing, you know, as you, as you get on the bus. And I will always, always, always look at the driver and say, thank you for stopping. And, and they're like, <laughs> of course I stopped because, you know, uh, someone had to get off or similarly when the, you know, when the cab driver turns up, hey, thank you for, thank you for stopping. Thank you for coming to get me, you know. And that's just a simple little thing that, that we can do so frequently, right? And it's, it's, it's not focusing on ourselves. It's focusing on those Whose, whose lives we can impact, which actually reflects back on us as well. I, I love that because the way I receive that, it, it's it's an acknowledgement. And this it's fr from the perspective of thank you for stopping or, you know, if you're talking to someone, thank you for being here. It's acknowledgement. It's, it's saying like, I see you, you know, I see yeah, exactly. you, I hear you, I appreciate you, thank you. And very often we kind of feel like we're almost invisible. Like how many people yeah. just get on that bus and walk right past the driver and don't say a word. Yeah. And then when they get off, they don't say a word. And the person yeah. just, am I making a difference? Does my life matter? Like what oftentimes we're making a bigger difference than we think, but we don't, people don't tell us. And so going, going back to be the change. Well, how about you start? <laughs> just share it and brighten someone's day, put a smile on someone's face. And with that in mind, you know, earlier I brought up that you are the wizard of wow. And so can you speak to the importance of, you know, wowing your customers and your community? So many people li are listening, are business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're professionals in the life. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Well, it goes from, from what, we were, what we were saying before. Um, and, and where it comes from, by the way, I remember I was, I was doing a, a session and, uh, and I didn't know I was to do this particular session. I was at a conference and someone said, Paul, would you, and I was there as a you know, participant, and someone said, would you, would you mind kicking it off? And it was like 10 o'clock at night, and it, it was like 8.30 in the morning when I had to do that. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm working all night figuring out, you know, what am I going to do? And I said, how long am I speaking for? You know, and he said, oh, it's about 90 minutes. I said, oh, okay. So I, I did this 90-minute thing. And, uh, and and I remember exactly when it was. It was 2006, and uh, it was in Bali. And uh, and I finished, and, you know, the whole room kind of rose, which was really, really nice. Oh, I want to tell you about that, too. I want to tell you about something else in that. And, and, you know, it's just so humbling when you're in front of a group of people and you, and you, you get that you've moved them in, in some way, right? And so I get off the stage and I'm walking down this aisle on the right-hand side of the stage. And there's this big guy, huge guy from Canada, and about halfway down, and, he, and he's got his arms, like, stretched out, not, not to hug me, but to prevent me going past him. 
And his name is Dave, I subsequently found out. And he said, he said this, he said, oh, my God, that, I can't do the Canadian accent, but oh, my God, that was amazing. And he said, I'm one of the world's most expensive branding consultants, and I am going to give you, right now, I am going to give you a brand. And, and I'm going, oh, oh really? <laughs> he, said, he said, as of now, you are the wizard of wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I went to the back of the room and I'm going, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure you know, about the Wizard of Wow and, and everything. And and so I, I I went with the flow as it were. Um and it 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 kind of stuck. Uh but then I had some other interesting things happen. People sometimes say to me, um, oh, let me give you two moments about this. Uh, we, many of us listening to this would know Simon, as in Simon Sinek, okay? And, you know, I remember in 2009, Simon, you know, did uh, his first TED Talk and, and stuff. And I found him and, and we chatted and, we, you know, we go on doing that. Anyway, um, uh, about mm, 10 months after that, I, I got to do my first uh, TEDx talk. And so I figure, how am I, how am I going to do that? Who am I going to call? Now, this is really interesting. And uh, so I thought, oh, Simon, Simon will be the person. I mean, he just did this amazing 18-minute TED Talk, right? So if anyone knows how to do it, um, it's him. So I email him and say, you know, can we meet? He said, sure, well, let's make it midday. And I go, that'll be fine, forgetting he's in New York. And so that was that was that was one o'clock in the morning my time right. So anyway, so uh, at one o'clock in the morning I'm on I'm on Zoom and uh, and so is he and and I he said okay so what's the issue and I said well Simon I get to do my first TED talk and you know I figured that uh, I'd love to ask you a question which is uh, how can I do how do I do an amazing TED talk right? And he said this exact word he said you already know. <laughs> and I said, Simon, with great respect, if I already knew, I would not be sitting here at one o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> talking with you, right? He said, you do. He said, have you got a pencil? And I said, sure, I've got an apple, but, you know, I've got a pencil. Yes. Uh, so he said, okay, ask me the question again, and I'll give you the answer. Make sure you write the answer down. That's okay. Go for it. So he said, go. So I say, Simon, how do I do a great TED Talk? Now, this is exactly the conversation. I want you to listen to it. How do I do a great TEDx talk or TED talk? And he says, be yourself. Goodbye. And he literally hangs up the call at that moment. Right? <laughs> and by the way, by the way, he was absolutely right. He was absolutely right. And we've all got that ourself in us. But here's the thing. Right? Here's the thing. Uh, when when we think about, you know, so, so many people like fear this whole thing about speaking or you know, but coming out in front of a group, as it were. And so a friend of mine way back in 2000 gave me this piece of advice. And and, and he said, Paul, you, you've got to get it off you. You've got to realize, again, this is central to our conversation. You've got to realize it's not about you. And, and you're not the hero of this particular piece. Your goal, he said, is to make the other people the hero. That's your goal. And he said, so I want you to develop a phrase that says that. So before you go on. So for many, many years, I would get to the back of the room and I'm being introduced. And I, I, say, I would say these two words for them, for them. You know, I'd find a shiny surface, even if it was the back of a soup spoon. And we go, you know, for them, for them, for them, for them, as I'm being introduced. And then something happened to me four years ago. 
And I realized that the moment I was saying for them, I was actually putting like a, a barrier between me and them. And the moment I realized that, and I'm sure some people listening to us now know what I now say, and this is, I think, something that's important in relation to, to what Jamil is saying, and it's, and it's this. So what I now say, and not, not just for them, for them, for them, what I say is for us, for us for us, for us. And that's, I think, this beautiful change that, you know, if you, if you think about all of the things that have been going on in these, in these past two and a half years, none of us could ever have imagined that we are living through what we've been living through, right? We, we just couldn't have imagined that. But the fact is we have, right? But hopefully we haven't just lived. Hopefully we've learned some things. And one of those things that we cannot escape, I think, is this, that we are all connected. We, we, we seriously are connected, right? And, and the moment you get that we're connected, it's no longer about me, it's about we, right? It's, and which gets back to what you and I were saying before. It's about realizing, you know, it's, it's about getting out and uh, out of yourself, as, as it were, and, and, you know, creating that magic for us, not just for you. Does that make sense? Oh, no, it does. And I love that. And when, <clears throat> when Simon told you, be yourself, you know, goodbye, and then hang up in that <laughs> same kind of way, you know, one of my top three favorite words is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm yeah. comes from entheos or antetheos. And it means God within. And in that same way, when you're radiating enthusiastically, in Simon's words, when you're being you, you are radiating, let's say, that divinity within, that divine spark, that uniqueness that is you. And that's all you have to do. And if you just do that, whatever that is for you, if you just did that, and then you, you couple with the mindset that Paul's just shared, for us, it's incredible how much better you know, th th your life becomes. It's really amazing. Yeah, it is. And you, you know, that's why every, every day is like, Oh my, oh my God, look at that. <laughs> look at that. I have, I have, as I'm looking at you now, I have this in my, uh, in this room, I have this huge, huge picture of a butterfly, right? A huge picture of a butterfly. And you, you, all of us know the transformation that went on right there, right? That was a caterpillar. <laughs> and now it's a butterfly. It's like, Oh my God, you know, how does that happen? And it happens inside of us. And there's the imagination cells, as you well know, that, that bring that butterfly to, to reality. And we can tap into that in the way that you've been explaining. Um, and we can do it now. <laughs> literally, literally now. In fact, you've made me think about a favorite phrase of mine, and, and which until now was a favorite phrase of mine. But I think I may have to uh, I may have to change this as a result of our conversation today, which will be interesting. I'll let you know what I come up with. Uh, but the reason that it, it I, I may I, I'll certainly want to look at it is a very favorite phrase of mine. It was I'll say was until I think about it tonight. Now is this? It is when your when your when your vision becomes more powerful than your memory your future becomes more powerful than your past. 
Now, what I need to do is to recalibrate that away from future and past and just pop it into now, if you see what I mean. So if you've got, if those of you listening have got some suggestions as to how that would actually sound with a today or now in it, I'd love to hear them. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, I love that. I look forward to hearing what you come up with. And I'd also uh, want to just comment on that caterpillar butterfly there's a perspective that I take with that that I think is really useful for everyone listening. If the caterpillar could speak English, <laughs> imagine, so the caterpillar is going about its life, doing its thing, and maybe it even looks around and sees the butterflies, and it doesn't, it's a caterpillar, it doesn't know what a butterfly is, so it's going, wow, look at that thing, I'm on the floor, or I'm on the tree, but that thing's just flying, it's amazing, I wish I could be like that, and then all of a sudden, at some point, <laughs> it gets this kind of like, urge or calling to start wrapping it up itself in something, you know, in the cocoon. Now it, let's say, doesn't know why it's doing that. It's just feeling called to do it. But as it's doing it, it's getting darker and darker and darker. And my understanding is when the caterpillar is in the cocoon, it actually kind of like liquefies. It turns to like mush. And then it, it, does, kinda, it, it, it does. It like reconstitutes as a butterfly. And so imagine as that caterpillar is going through what potentially could be that scary moment. It's getting dark. What's going on? Like, I don't, I don't feel so well. <laughs> and then at that point, it's almost like God, life, the universe is saying, have faith in the process. I've got big plans for you. There you go. And in that same type of way, anyone listening, what if you're going through that metaphorical cocoon right now? What if you're about to make a massive transformation in your life and you just trust that process and you lean into it more? And what could be possible if you did that? Yeah, and we need you. We need you. Yeah, we absolutely <laughs> need you. Like you we, we really do. <laughs> um, I wanted to just ask. There's a story that you shared in your TED talk that I thought was really beautifully uh, said. And it was you were on a flight in India. I have a screenshot here. It's uh, Kingfisher. Do you remember the story I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I do. Yeah. Could yeah. you share that? Because yeah. I think that would serve a lot of people. Uh, this is the one where uh, they they yeah where. When normally where you think, and, and by the way, Southwest uh, in the in the U.S. has something now uh, approaching what they do. But you know how it is when you when you land. Oh, sorry, when you starting to land, it can sometimes get a little rough. And so, if you've got a cup of coffee, you might well spill it on your shirt. Is that the one you're referring to? Yes. Where they, yeah, okay. and then the five boxes that that was, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right up. Oh, and then the five boxes. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so the first thing is, if you did happen, because you're probably on that flight going to a business meeting or something. So, right up front in the cabin where everybody else has, you know, uh, seat belts and goodness knows what else. They actually have 18, I think, is the number of beautiful white shirts in different sizes. That if you just happen to spill the coffee on you, can on you, you can actually uh, you, you can actually get it. Uh, and 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 then you know the 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 other thing is where they have the little uh, the the, uh, the uh, survey, and you know most people would go well. You know the top line would be uh, were you satisfied right with uh, with 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 the whole thing. Uh, that's like the top thing, right? And you know, can you imagine? Can you imagine going and saying, "Well, I'm satisfied." I mean, it's it's like just the mere fact of saying it tells you that there's more to go, right? So, so that's why they have extra boxes in there, which which talk about. And I think the top one from memory is delighted uh, with uh, with what goes on, uh, and 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 so it's. 
uh, and, and that feeds into when you, when you think about that, that feeds into so many other things. Because you, you imagine that you're now working, you know, for a company that does that, that doesn't say our goal is to, you know, satisfy the customer, but our goal is to delight them. Why not even say our goal is to transform them? Yeah, I like what Fred. Yeah, I like what Fred Reichelt says. Um, he's the guy uh, who uh, was a, or still is a Bain and Company uh, partner, and uh, he's the guy who uh, created a Net Promoter School, uh, where you know you ask people are they likely to recommend you and all that kind of stuff. And in his latest book, which which is called Winning on Purpose, he says this, and it's really relevant to what you and I have been talking about so far. He says, if you do not, and he's talking about a company now, and he's saying, if, if you, as you're creating an enterprise or a company, if you do not have a goal of enriching other people's lives, then in his view, you do not deserve to be a business. I like that. Yeah. I really, really like that, right? So we can have this, this, this purpose of, just enriching <laughs> and the, the thing is i mean a lot of people say well you enrich others lives so that yours get enriched and see but that's not the right intent right because because the right intent is to just be there to experience what it's like to enrich others mm. the fact that that might have something good to go for you is like the irrelevant piece your goal is not for that your goal is to enrich others around you and when yeah. you do that the world transforms. Yeah. And so for everyone listening, whether you're a business owner and you've got customers, you've got clients, whether you're just an, you don't have a business, but you obviously have a life and you have an impact with all the people that you touch, ask yourself, survey yourself, reevaluate, let's say the client experience, reevaluate what, how, how you serve, reevaluate who you're being around other people and ask yourself, what could I do to delight, to astonish and to wow? the people yeah, in exactly. my life. Yeah. And excuse me, like Paul said, if your top tier, you know, standard is just satisfaction, then mm -hmm. it's like, all right, yeah, you know, I got what I expected. You know, <laughs> it doesn't sound like that great. There's no enthusiasm. There's not like this buy-in. There's not that wow factor, you know? And so ask yourself, you can pause, you can write it all out on, on, on paper. What could I do? To wow them you could survey them you could ask like paul got asked i'd imagine there might have been a section on that survey of if we delighted you if we wowed you you know what did we do right what could have been better you know something like that what would you have loved to see that's gold for anyone listening to apply to your business and when i when oh, i saw you share that in that TED talk i said i'm gonna do that <laughs> like i like that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's great and yeah no it's so, it's so great that uh, that you uh, you know, you pick those things because when you and I do things frequently, uh, it's like, well, that's like normal, right? And and we tend to forget that sometimes that um, normality is, uh, is is not what we necessarily think it is. It's it's uh, you know, there's there's many more things. And the good thing is, I mean, here's the good thing. I um, I, I I I remember um, my my first. Thing, well, one of the first things I did in 2003, I was doing a series of um, four uh, accountants uh, globally, and we had something like, well, not something like, we had 17,700 uh, of these accounting firms came to experience uh, what was what was going on. And I remember 
uh, the first slide I had up. And the first slide said, you changed lives. That was the first slide, just, just three words on it. If I were doing that now, I would probably say you enriched lives, right? But, but at the time I said you changed lives. And then the most interesting thing is if you imagine, you know, MasterCard as your marketing agent, what, what would they say uh, about that, right? You know, the whole MasterCard line, right, or, or on, their, on their card, they would say exactly that. They would say that's priceless. Yeah. And, and that's what you and I can create. I was going to say every day, but let me rephrase that. Every moment, every moment we can. Every moment. We really can, yeah. Yeah. You know, with that in mind, you know, the foundation of my work and of this podcast is to help people create an extraordinary life without regret. Can you please share with us, like, how would you advise anyone listening to do that? Well, I, I think, you know, if you, if you I, 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 one thing I'm going to do is listen again to all of this. <laughs> because it's just, you know, you've said, just said so many awesome things in there. But for me, I, I, I'll tell you what it is. But for me, it's just to be curious at, at what you can learn and as a result of you learning what you can create. Um, it, 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 it's that. And how, how you can create those, those moments. I was with my, I had 13 grandchildren. And I was with one of my 13 grandchildren a couple of weeks ago in Australia. And she's 14. Her name is Jess. And she was born way, way, way prematurely. And everybody thought, no, Jess, not going to make it. But but she did. And uh, so she had gone for her first job. Apparently in Australia, you can get a job at 14, right? Wow. And she went to somewhere where her dad had gone, which was to McDonald's, interestingly. Now, McDonald's, I, I need to say, McDonald's in Australia is a little different than McDonald's in the US, right? It, it is a little different. In fact, it's quite a lot different. Um, but anyway, so she goes, and uh, and I said, uh, oh, how'd you go? And she said, oh, I, I didn't get the job. And I, I said, well, maybe that was a test. Maybe they, maybe they wanted to see what you would do if they said no. <laughs> so I said, uh, you know, apply again. And by the way, whilst all this was going on, I see this barista in, in what they call Mac Cafe in Australia. And one of the things that I had discovered recently was the joy of oat milk. Oat milk is like, wow, it's so cool. And so in this thing, they in the thing they have, you know, you can have a cappuccino and you can have it with soy milk, you can have it with almond milk, you can have it with oat milk. And I'd never seen that before because frankly, I've not been in the McDonald's for 10 years. So I all of a sudden I start to engage the barista. I said, but wait, see that oat milk up there that I just ordered. Could you tell me how many people actually get that? Because I find it rather interesting. And all of a sudden I'm having this amazing conversation with this like 16-year-old about how many people come in and ask for oat milk. By the way, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the answer. More people ask for oat milk now than soy. And, and many more people ask for soy than ask for almonds. So, you know, it's kind of interesting stuff. But anyway, Jessica, uh, yesterday, yesterday. Uh, Jessica went back to McDonald's. She she she, she applied again, and uh, she went down. And I said, uh, "Hey, send me a text when you when you when you're gone." And she sent me the text and said, "Hey, Granddad, they they gave me the job." Wow. And, so, <laughs> and then today she had uh, her first shift, and she told me about the magic of her 
first shift, right? Mm. But now just think about that. Just think about that for a moment. Here's a 14-year-old who could have said, oh, life's really tough. You know, McDonald's doesn't want me or whatever. But just getting up and getting out there and going in again and, 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 and you know, just being a part of that is an incredible um it's a great story for me because I think what are the times when that happens to me? Do I do that? Do I do, do I do I go back and say, oh, how can I do that even better? Sort of thing. So um, so anyway, to get back to your question, I think there's this, there's this curiosity, as I said, that is um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, was it Zig Ziglar, I think. Zig Ziglar was asked when he was 83 years old. They said, someone said to Zig, you know, a group of those of you who don't know who Zig Ziglar was, he was like one of the world's most famous uh, speakers. And someone asked Zig, and they said it to Zig at 83, they said, Zig, um, don't you think it's time you slowed down? And, and Zig looked at him and he said, well, <laughs> no, he said, because I figured out I got less time left than you, so I think I actually need to speed up. <laughs> great answer. This is a great answer, right? And so I feel like that too. That that uh, there is this um, the, these these moments every single moment, right? I was going to say every single day, but there's, there's moments, right, uh, where we can lean into the curiosity, lean into what else is it that we can add to that moment for others. Um, just talking about 14 year olds a couple of um, several years ago now well six years ago um i we had this and b1g1 as you know we go on study tours and notice what we call them we call them study tours uh, we go there to learn because the the, the the things that people are doing in these projects uh i mean it's, it's just like absolutely mind-blowing what they're doing um, in any event, so there was this young lady who actually had the same name as my, my, my grandchild. Her name was Jessica as well. Jessica was now 23. And at the time, she was 14. And uh, she, she was on the tour, and she was a very introverted person. She didn't say very much at all. Um, and then uh, one day, that changed where she was listening to the, the story of a, an Indian student as it happened, and she just got up from the, the middle of the room and just went out the front. Everybody wondered what the heck was going to happen. And here's this really introverted person hugging this, 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 uh, this other student. And so anyway, after that, she said, uh, Mr. Dunn, she said, can you come and address our school next time you're in Brisbane? Oh, no, no, she said, my class next time you're in Brisbane. And I said, sure, Jessica, you know, just, uh, I'll give you the dates, we'll, we'll do it. So the dates get fixed, and I figure I'm going to talk with, you know, maybe 40 kids. What she's done is she's gone to, she's spoken to the principal of the school, and there's actually 550 kids in the, in the audience. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I say to Jessica, just before we start, I said, Jessica, is there one thing that, well, what's the one thing that you would like me to leave with everybody, you know, the one thing they would get? And she said, oh, that's easy, she said. And she said this. She said, when we're giving, like in, in B1G1, for example, you know, someone gets access to water or someone gets education or you know, whatever, whatever it is, right? She said, we often think that that person is the beneficiary 
In fact, we found them as you know the beneficiary. They got water. The message she said that I would like you to leave is that we are actually the beneficiary mm. <laughs> of that of that simple act in that simple moment. Right? Makes sense. Mm, it does. No, I, I love. There's so many stories that you've <laughs> the treasure trove of stories. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the McDonald's story, I think, is a beautiful metaphor for life. This idea of how often do we allow ourselves to be stopped? How often do we hear no? And then it's something that we really want and we give up, you know? And like you said, well, what if it's a test? And what if you could go back and ask it in a different way? What if you can represent yourself differently? And then all of a sudden you show them, I really want this. This is really important to me. And this is what I'm willing to do for it. And they see that. And what if that was the difference that made the difference? And then now you're hired. Now you get the thing, like whatever it is. But if we just hear no and we crumble, then we never know. And so that's a whole that's different it. experience. And yeah. And so as we wrap up our time, Paul, you know, you've experienced so much life. You've attained so much wisdom. You've experienced so many things. If you, and there's people listening to this podcast, you know, along the age spectrum, if you could go back in time and speak with 18-year-old Paul, knowing what you know now, what would you share with him? Is there any advice that you would give? Is there a way of living that you have found now to be so beneficial? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I really would. Um, and it relates to, um, it relates to that, that, that moment that we started with where, you know, I met, I met Pastor Selva. And, uh, you know, suddenly realizing that I was missing something, right? And you may remember I said that there are two things, you know, add enormous value and have fun doing it. And then I got the third thing, right? And the third thing is that you're, you're, you're here to contribute to something bigger than you. Mm. <laughs> and, when, and when you do that, it, it is... It is just amazing how it it comes back to you. And when, when I say it comes back to you, I don't mean it comes back to you necessarily financially or any of that. It just comes back to you in terms of giving you more life. Mm. And, and that's something that is irreplaceable, right? It's just uh, uh, because what that does is it actually gives us many more moments as well. Something I so love that you just said that it made a connection with something I shared at the beginning, this idea of, you know, give what you most want to receive and you show yourself that you already have it. Now, as an example, like you just said, let's say somebody goes, well, I want to receive more money. If I give it, how am I going to get it back? Because you don't actually want more money. You want what you think that <laughs> will give you. And what that money you think will give you is more life, is more moments, yeah. is more all this. So by you giving it away and creating that for somebody else, you get that feeling that's what you were actually searching for all along. Yeah. And then you see that you are. And, and yeah. Exactly. And 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 just imagine this. Um, do you know what you know? I, I said to you right up front, it's a it's a it's a it's a privilege uh, to be here. Now what I can say is, is it, it, well, it, it is a, a privilege to be here. And just imagine for those of you listening to us now, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what moments kind of connected with you, but I'm sure some of them did. 
And just imagine right now, as you're listening to this, if you could have similar conversations. And the simple thing is that you can, and you can do that today. Today, yeah. No reason and you can do that. Yeah, you right. And you can do that by saying, you'll never guess what I did today. Oh, what did you do? I listened to this podcast. Oh, really? What was the right? And straight away, you're, you're into creating not just a great day for someone else or a great moment for someone else. You're here, you're you're creating a great moment for you. Right? And and realizing we, we we talked before about nature not solving for problems, but nature solving for potential. Right? And you're realizing that potential that's there, uh, that, that's there waiting for you to create, but not to create for you, but to create for those around you, those who are part of you. Yeah. It's an incredible thing to think about. Just imagine the whole world being like that. And by the way, it can be. Yeah. It, it exists in all of us right now as potential just to act on. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Paul, what is the biggest risk that you've taken that you're deeply grateful for? And why? <laughs> oh, wow. The biggest risk, I, I, I would guess the biggest risk is when um, I had the uh, opportunity to come to Australia way back when. And I remember the managing director uh, of the company that I was then working for. I was 21 at the time. And he called me to his office and he said, done. Is, that's what you used to say in the United Kingdom in those days. He said, do you realize what's waiting for you in Australia? And I said, what's waiting? He said, do you know they have sharks there? <laughs> <laughs> and I know how much you love to swim. And, you know, so, and, and that was, you know, that was kind of interesting because you had to sort of leave, uh, leave behind, quote unquote, leave behind your, your family. But then what you realized is when you did that, or when I did that, that actually inspired them to actually be a part of that as well, if that if that makes sense. So, um, and interestingly, these days, um, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether this is uh, this is healthy or not, but I I I I'm not sure that someone said to me, you know, describe failure to me, and I found that so hard to do, just so so hard to do. I that was an amazing experience. Um, and next time we talk, I'll tell you about it. It was seriously amazing. I, could, I couldn't, I almost could not open my mouth mm. when in front of this large audience, they said, Paul, you've obviously had failures in your time. Come and describe them. I, and, and I couldn't, I, 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 my head couldn't get around it because it, it, there's none of that. I, I just, I still just, I'm thinking about that moment right now and I'm going, oh my God, that was uh, one of those one of those things where you realize you, you don't have a word for it because that that's not how you see it yes you you, right? you see it that there's some potential in that whole thing and without even i mean i got you know again i got lucky that i was you know i, I was in this um uh my my family was was not a you know in the in, my dad was a was a coal miner when we didn't know that doing that was bad uh, for you and and um so this tiny little village and uh you know to to be able to learn as a kid and to take such good times with my parents and then be able to uh, go to australia and share some of that with them and, and, and stuff is 
incredible. So to answer your question, which was what's the biggest risk? I don't, I don't know that I could actually answer that because for, for me, it's I don't see it as a big risk. I'm not sure whether that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah. I just I just see it as the potential to experience something that otherwise, uh, like for example, about think about bungee jumping. I mean, I have a fear of heights. I really do have fear of heights. Uh, and uh, recently, I I did my first bungee, and it was like, <laughs> was it? Was, oh, it was re- unreal! It was like, oh my goodness, uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really, really was. Um, and uh, it, you know, it was, um, yeah, you know. Now I can, I mean, you know, I can talk about it, but. But again, I you know I'm, I'm not about to sort of stand on stage and say, hey, guess what? I did a bungee jump, so should you. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's maybe there's some lessons in everything, but I'm sure there is. And all of the lessons, that, not lessons, but all of the ideas that we've been able to share in this conversation. Thank you, by the way, for for making it uh, possible. Thank you for all the enormous uh, work uh, that you do and. And particularly too, thank you for sharing all of that in B1G1. We are so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate that. And I receive that acknowledgement fully. And there is um, something that you shared that I really want everyone as we wrap up to really take with them. When you were moving from the UK to Australia, there are people right now who are being presented with opportunities and there are things that are exciting them but there's also fear. Now the mind can really wrap itself around what it thinks it's going to lose. It's a lot yeah. harder to wrap yourself around what you're going to gain. The, the what you're going to lose seems like it's very like practical. I mean, more like it's set in stone. I know what it is. Yeah. I can list it out, but what I'm going to gain is more possibility. I don't know what it's going to be. But noticing like in your example, I know in my own life, and I'm assuming from everyone who's listening, there are moments in your life where you were nervous, you were afraid, you were scared. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's it... and you stepped yeah, into exactly. it and it led to something yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Something and that's can... why that's why, yeah, these days, you know, um when 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 you read, I, I mentioned uh, Fred Reichelds, you know, in, in the, the purpose is to enrich enrich lives of the people that you're privileged to serve and and so you you know i'm learning those sorts of things uh every day because of that that curiosity and and you know i, I don't see ever how i could switch that off and then all of a sudden i get a phrase from Thames and Willie barker you know nature doesn't solve for problems it solves for potential and maybe that's one of the things we could all look at you know what's the what's the what's what's the potential right now of you being where you are right now? What's that potential in this moment? Yeah, what is there for you to do? And when you can be yeah. with that and do it, it's like it reminds me of that Martin Luther King Jr. quote: "You don't need to see the whole staircase; just take the first <laughs> step in faith." Yeah, there you go. And the first step leads to the next one. Paul, is there anything right yeah. now that you're working on that's exciting you? Oh yes, I uh, next uh, next week I uh, I get to go uh, for the first time in three years because we've been unable to fly. I get to go to the United Kingdom um, and uh, 
there's a, a great group of uh, people there that uh, we work with called the Performance Theatre. And uh, they do, um, there's, they're just 150 uh, of, of those guys. And I, I, I could name drop about the, the 149 that are there. Uh, but it's an amazing opportunity to, again, to, uh, they, they do things. And they, they, what, what they're asking all the time is if we, if we look at art, for example, whether it's the performing arts or just art or you know the things that other people create what can we learn from that mm. what can we learn and bring that back into our businesses and how can we jointly kind of work together to bring that to others right so mm. that's something that um i'm uh, i'm really uh, uh, really looking forward to experience and uh, uh, so many other things as well in, in the United Kingdom because I, I think I mentioned to you that last week I was in Australia and obviously for the last you know two and a half years all of the people that I work with I've been working with them on Zoom and uh, so last couple of weeks ago when I was in Australia for the first time I see 150 of these people in the one room and that was amazing I was like oh my god you're actually that tall because <laughs> every <laughs> Everybody on Zoom looks the same size, right? So, uh, so uh, to be able to, uh, in fact, one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm speaking at uh, uh, quite an important place, actually. It's called the Chartered Accountants Hall. It was built in the 1890s uh, in London. It's a place called One Moorgate, right in the city of London, that, that magic mile, if you will, that's there. And one of the things that I said in an email to people today, I said, you know, um, in 1994, Steve Jobs said this. He said, the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. And you can ignore that part of the quote, but I want you to listen to the second part of the quote. And he said, the storyteller sets the vision, the values, and the agenda for an entire generation yet to come. That's what you and I do. And, and as I was writing this email, I, you know you know when you get in flow, right? You, 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 you don't know what you're writing, but it, you, you look at it and you go, oh, my God. So, so <laughs> in the middle of this thing, I said, you know, Steve Jobs said, um, and then I said, um, so let me say it again. The, the storyteller uh, sets the vision, the values, and the agenda for an entire generation yet to come. And bear in mind, this letter was to, or this email was to literally thousands of accountants. And I, so after saying that line, um, I said, maybe that's why Chartered Accountants Hall was built in 1880. <laughs> and to me, that was that, that sort of, do you know what I'm saying? That was that place where somebody saw some real potential in, in making that happen. And maybe now we can revisit that and make some extraordinary things and create some extraordinary things for the people that we're privileged to serve. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. So, Paul, something that I want to acknowledge you for that you just radiate so beautifully is I, I started our call by saying, you know, when I introduced you, that this heart of service that you have and that you're always thinking, how can I connect? How can I contribute? How can I make a meaningful difference? And that is such a beautiful, beautiful quality of yours. And I want everyone who's listening <laughs> to know that that also <laughs> exists in you. And everyone listening, how can I make a meaningful difference today in anybody's life? What could I do? Sometimes it's just a smile. 
and not just no, that that's what it is. Optimized. It's like it's a smile is beautiful. Sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's your energy. Sometimes it's your time. Sometimes it's all of them. But how could you just make the world a better place? And with that in mind, I encourage all of you, if you've loved this conversation, to go on YouTube and type in Paul Dunn TED Talk. I think there's three or four of them. I think you get a lot from it. And it's just such a wonderful, I said earlier, treasure trove. It's coming to mind again. Treasure trove of just wisdom and information. And I think you'll get a lot oh, from it. You're so kind. Yeah. You're so and kind. Um, finally, how can our listeners connect with you, learn more about B1G1 and what you're up to? Oh, just go to b1g1.com uh, and, and you'll, you'll find it there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to connect with you uh, because as, as, I, as I said before, this is not about uh, any one of us now. It's about we. And so the more we, uh, we can create, the better it is. And the more I love the those 28,000 odd days uh, that hopefully I've still got some more coming around the corner. Uh, but, but I just want to say uh, say thank you to you, Jamal, because, you know, I remember the first time we met and, and uh, again through through Zoom and you were so onto this whole thing about today, you know, and that led me to talk about the big lie and all of those sorts of things. You're doing incredible work and and. You know, I really thank you for letting me uh, be a part of the great things that you're doing. And again, for those of you listening, thank you so much for sharing the time. I'm deeply grateful for it. Thank you so much, Paul. And I agree, for, you know, for everyone listening, I often say your time, your attention, your energy, these are the greatest gifts you could ever give someone. And you spent the last hour and a half with us and it really means the world. And I trust it was meaningful for you and it served you. And if it did, first and foremost, go through it again like mine, just like the coal mining idea, mine for the gold, like you're a gold miner, mine for the gold and the wisdom and then apply. That's when your life will change. If this conversation served you, it'd really mean a lot. If you left a review, if you shared it with someone that would benefit from it and, yeah. you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening, you know, share it far and wide. It goes a long way. And Paul, is there anything else you'd like to say before we close? Other than what I just said, I, I am so thrilled that uh, we, uh, we're able to share this time and I'm looking forward to many more of them as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for those listening. You know, my life's work is to help leaders, champions, and high performers create an extraordinary life without regret. If there's something that you're going through, if there's a vision or a dream that you'd love to create faster in your world, maybe I can be of service. I'd love to connect with you. You can reach out to me at jamilsayage.com or on my social medias. Instagram is at Dr. Jamil Sayage. It's D-R and then my name. And Facebook and LinkedIn is just Jamil Sayaj. Remembering that I said earlier, transformation starts today. And yet most people's favorite day to change their life is tomorrow. That's why they stay stuck. But you can be different. You can take what Paul and I discussed today. You can apply it. And like Paul said, the magic of starting small. You, know, you can start small and grow very large. Thank you so much again for your time, your attention, your energy, for being here with us. Sending you so much love and wishing you a beautiful rest of your day. Be well. Thank you for being with us today. If this conversation served you, it would mean a lot if you left a review and shared this with anyone who may benefit. An extraordinary life without regret is available to you now. Choose it. It's your time.